Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 57 Practicing Gentility Here begins what Lin Yutang calls Book 6 of the Tao Te Ching. From this verse to verse 75, we take a look at the Tao from the point of view from the governing sage. I like to look at this in two ways. The first is literal, like reading it from a very practical point of view. And the second is from an internal point of view, as if my consciousness is the governor and my body, soul, and attitudes are the people. So, here is verse 57. When governing a country, you must be fair and just. When fighting a battle, you must use tricks. When taking over the world, you must practice Wu Wei. How do I know everything in this world? This is how. The more restrictions the government sets, the more people become poor. The more people have dangerous weapons, the more the country falls into chaos. The more people become clever, the most bizarre things happen. The more severe the law becomes, the more thieves there are. So the great leader said, If I practice Wu Wei, the people will govern themselves. If I am always peaceful, the people will be upright by themselves. If I do not initiate things for my own purposes, the people will become rich by themselves. If I do not have desires, the people will become simple and plain by themselves. That's verse 57 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shaolin Yang. 
Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. I feel like part one is telling us to lead with truth, fight with deception, and win with Wu Wei. Part two talks about limits and rules are the things that cause reactions. And part three talks about leading with harmony. So part one is pretty clear. It's where we're saying when governing a country, you must be fair and just. When you're fighting, you must use tricks or deception. And when taking over the world, you must practice Wu Wei. Okay, so governing a country, you must be fair and just. Very straight, very straightforward. That's it. So these first three lines kind of seem like a summary, right? Like a, hey, this is these are just maxims or axioms or or things that we can remember. Because here's the deal. When, when we're leading folks, what's the best way to do that? Well, it's with truth and being straightforward. And when we're fighting, we tend to misrepresent the truth in order to gain an advantage, right? There's deception tactics. Um, and then basically the, the final piece of that is, well, look, if you, if you want to win, do nothing <laughs> or practice Wu Wei. Which is basically saying, stop inserting your ego into things. Selfish desires have no place if we are to govern with Wu Wei. And that's governing others, that's leading others and teaching others, and that's also governing ourselves. Doesn't mean that we have to be lazy. That's not what doing nothing means. Doing nothing means abstaining from inserting our ego into things. We've explored that concept before. So that's part one. And part two is saying, well, how do I know that all these three things are true? And he says, well, this is how. And then he goes into these four things. He talks about restrictions. He talks about sharp and dangerous weapons. He talks about cunning and cleverness and talks about how, you know, the more intricate and severe the law becomes, uh, all of those things, really, what we're talking about in the second part, all of those things have consequences, just like their opposites have consequences. So I think the main idea that he's trying to get across in the second part is that, hey, look, we can enforce the social contract and we can make it stringent and we can make it like really inflexible. But what happens is there are reactions to that inflexibility. Sort of like that too much yin causes yang to come in, balance it all out, that kind of thing, right? Okay, so if part two talks about, well, if all these things are in place and it's a really stringent government, this is what happens. The third part says, well, we don't have to do all that. We don't have to get into all those consequences. What we can do is we can lead with the Tao in accordance with Wu Wei, and those consequences will actually be a little different. They'll actually be more natural, and there won't be anything that the government really necessarily has to do. It's The people will automatically level out, right? So, 
that's those three parts of verse 57. And to wrap it up, let's summarize. Part one talks about leading with truth, fighting with deception, and winning with Wu Wei. Part two talks about limits and rules are the causes of reactions. And part three says, well, you know, we don't have to do part two. Let's just do part three, lead with harmony. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 57 again. When governing a country, you must be fair and just. When fighting a battle, you must use tricks. When taking over the world, you must practice Wu Wei. How do I know everything in this world? This is how. The more restrictions the government sets, the more people become poor. The more people have dangerous weapons, the more the country falls into chaos. The more people become clever, the more bizarre things happen. The more severe the law becomes, the more thieves there are. So the great leaders said, if I practice Wu Wei, the people will govern themselves. If I am always peaceful, the people will be upright by themselves. If I do not initiate things for my own purposes, the people will become rich by themselves. If I do not have desires, the people will become simple and plain by themselves. Let's take a look at some of the things this verse made me think about today when considering practicing gentility. The first one is governing ourselves. The second one is tying knots. And the third is untying knots. Governing ourselves. Do the right thing. Simple direct call to action. That was the mantra of one of the most influential leaders I had in my time in the army. In fact, anytime he spoke, it was usually a repetition of something he'd said before. It was always simple, like no more than five words. Another one was, this is serious business. He was referring to what we were doing and how we as leaders affected others with our negligence or attention. That leader told us when we were doing things to standard, when we were doing things well, and when we weren't doing things well. It was always easy to know where we stood with him. Did I like him as a friend? I don't know. He wasn't my friend. Did I like him as a mentor? Well, I don't know. I never got close to him, nor he to me. I was close with his other subordinates, who were my bosses. I'd known them before the leader I spoke of became the unit's commander. Previously, we had been under another one. And when this leader took charge, things were different, sure. I mean, not in a cataclysmic way, you know, just subtle ways. A change here, a change there. My immediate supervisors would repeat what the new commander would say, and we'd nod our heads up and down remembering the mantras. Eventually... I emulated our commander's attitude. I tried my best to do the right thing. Simple, direct, and a call to action. Just what Lao Tzu says in the first line, 
To govern a country, one must lead with the truth. And the same could be said for how we, as everyday leaders, treat other people, can't it? At home, we influence those about us intimately. At work, we influence those about us in how we produce, how we take care of our coworkers. And with friends, we have the opportunity to learn, teach, and grow. Our relationships with people amplify our influence, don't they? And if this is the case for when we're doing our best to operate in harmony with a Tao, wouldn't its opposite also be true when we're not? Lao Tzu says that war is fought with deception. How many times have we, in order to present a favorable side of ourselves, told fibs with friends, with coworkers, or at home? I could think of a time when this was the rule rather than the exception for me. And you know what? During those times, I had a lot of drama in my life. I'd assumed it was other people, but after looking at it honestly, I realized that I had been the one using deception and was therefore the director of that play. (laughs) Looking at leaders that weren't so good in the army, I can see it clearly now. They were the ones who weren't sure of themselves. They made impactful decisions that caused their subordinates to suffer. Their ineptitude crushed morale and somehow the unit just couldn't seem to get its stuff together. Now that was the extreme. I didn't often have leaders like that. Most of the time, there were leaders who were mostly good most of the time. I think the main takeaway for the first part of this verse is this, that as leaders, we must lead with simplicity, honesty, and consistency. When we fight with each other, be that subordinates or peers, we tend to be deceptive first, which leads to conflict later. Of course, there are belligerents who interrupt our lives from time to time, We don't need to fight them, do we? Most of the time, we can allow them to pass through our lives and use them as an opportunity to practice acceptance or humility, and we don't necessarily need to use deception in those cases. Let's take a closer look at Lao Tzu's words. If he's talking mostly about humans and their organizations, and we've said before that we're just micro-expressions of the universe, then would this also not apply to us on a deep personal level? I lead myself with truth, honesty, and consistency. I tell myself lies like I'll be okay if only insert whatever that is here. I believe them and then go looking for ways to make it true and in an unnecessary expenditure of energy, fight to make reality reflect the lies. And when I'm in acceptance and I'm practicing Wu Wei, everything happens the way it should. So what's the best thing to do if I want to rule the world or my life then? Well, Lao Tzu says, do nothing. (laughs) Tying knots. Wait, so we govern by doing nothing? Yes, yes, we've heard about non-action in our own lives, but On the government level? I mean, what would happen if there were no laws, no rules, no bridges, roads, and municipal authorities? Wouldn't everything just be chaotic? Well, yes, but actually no, he says. 
prohibitions create poverty. Sharp weapons cause chaos. Cleverness makes things complicated. Laws cause thieves and brigands. So where in this are we saying that there shouldn't be a social contract? Or defense? Or intelligence? Or guidelines? Sure, if we want to read the lines literally, we can read into that and say that, oh, we're talking about anarchy. But I'm seeing this a little differently now in the spirit of Wu Wei. Lao Tzu's talked before about going back to simpler times. And I feel like that this verse is a reflection of that. To live together, it seems that we need to get along, balance each other's needs, and be kind. So a social contract can help us remember specifics as we go about our survival. But strictly enforcing this with prohibitions on certain things, I wonder if this only drives natural activities underground so they occur but without the protection of the whole community. And bigger and badder ways to hurt each other. This reminds me of an arms race. What happens when we are putting time, money, and other resources into developing anything? Well, other areas suffer. Kind of like our overgrown fields and empty granaries, right? And how about complicated government processes? Bureaucracies, when embellished, lead to folks getting around the rules by other means like line skipping, privilege claiming, and even bribing. Finally, in some parts of the world, cannabis has been decriminalized. And as a result, some people who had been imprisoned for cannabis-related crimes were let go. So how about that for an example of just how flimsy our ideas are of who's good and who bad is? In thinking about what Lao Tzu is saying, I don't want to advocate for one particular style or attitude about government. Of course, to live as a society, we need guidelines. We need protection, access, and commonly agreed upon survival tactics. I think the spirit of the verse here is to say, sure, let's have those things, but let's not fall into the trap of taking it all too seriously. Allow the society to make mistakes. Allow the guidelines to be flexible. Now, we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves if we found we repeatedly can't have nice things because of all of this. <laughs> we are learning beings after all, and we need lots of practice to get good at anything that runs seemingly counter to our animal nature. So while we can discuss an ideal on the surface, let's now turn these lines into a more inward perspective. Prohibitions create poverty. When I put ritual and rules ahead of my actual spiritual development, don't I begin to lose that which connects me to the Tao? Sharp weapons cause chaos. When I talk about my spirituality to others and tell them that they are wrong for th thinking a certain way, or say that my way is the best, aren't I only inviting arguments? Cleverness makes things complicated. When my rituals depend on elaborate practices and I am intellectualizing spiritual teaching without trying to practice it, don't I miss the point and feel empty inside after a while? Laws cause thieves and brigands. When I systematically judge others as Tao or not Tao because of this condition or their attitude, aren't I creating separation and division between me and my human family? So yes, I am digging this other level. The interpersonal one as it pertains to my spiritual practices. 
And what about my very, very personal stuff? Like how I actually govern me. When I tell me that I need to do this, when I tell me to not do that, stop doing this thing, I find that I actually want to do it more. (laughs) When I punish myself with guilt or shame, my thoughts and feelings get messy and I can't remember why I wanted to do the thing or not do the thing in the first place. When I think about my problems or habits and how I'm going to fix them, I spiral into this out-of-control thought current that just keeps my mind turning over and over again with no relief in sight. And when I judge myself for not being able to exercise my willpower to get over procrastination or stop a particular habit or because I don't feel a certain way about things, I become an object of self-loathing rather than an entity of self-love and joy. So this second part of the verse seems to be a section that is explaining the first part more in detail. It seems like a lot of warnings about taking things too far. But what if we've already taken things too far and we're already judging ourselves, making rules for ourselves and those other things? What then? Well, Lao Tzu goes on to the third part of this verse, which talks about just that. Untying knots. Not to leave us hanging, Lao Tzu provides us with antidotes to the consequences we just talked about. He says that when we remove prohibitions and do nothing, the people naturally move into a place of self governance. When we remove the threat of violence, people find peace with each other. When we take away complications in government processes, the systems run smoother and there is less getting over or trickery or line jumping. And when we stop telling folks what they ought to think and do and mandate certain behaviors, people go back to living naturally. (laughs) So, this seems pretty anarchical, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, personally, I could see why this kind of stuff was seen as anti-establishment 2,500 years ago. It sounds pretty anti-establishment today. (laughs) Now, while I'm not qualified to talk about things on a global or even national level, I still think I can find some wisdom in this third part of the verse. I guess the main question I had while I was considering these things was, well, what about people that don't follow the social contract, that are violent with others, that lie and cheat and then steal other people's stuff? That doesn't seem fair. I mean, are we just going to let others do what they want? Again, I don't think we have to take a hard line in interpreting this verse and say that there shouldn't ever be guidelines. What we know is a couple of things. Number one, that ego begets ego. And two, the degree of importance we place on things are the degrees to which they become our undoing. Remember when we talked about violence creating more violence? And how that seemed to be true of ego as well? You know, walking into a room when... Everyone is talking passionately about themselves and their accomplishments, and it leaves one with a feeling of inadequacy and a sense that they must also advocate for themselves. So we looked at how more prohibitions created more prohibitions and so on in each of those lines. So that covers the implications of ego begetting ego, doesn't it? Now, let's look at how importance of those things creates the intensity. 
stuff's not allowed. If it is super important that people obey, then somebody invariably makes a mistake and they're made an example for the rest of us. And maybe it happens again and the punishment is more severe and so on until it escalates out of control. But if it's agreed that something isn't allowed and someone does it anyways, but it's more of a guideline, what happens then? We may be afraid that that will then incentivize the next incident. (laughs) But what really happens? Well, the offending individual is notified, given a method of reform, and everything pretty much goes back to normal. And by not punishing the individual directly, we allow that person to contemplate and think about the harm done. As people who place less importance on compliance with the rules and people who prioritize harmony, our job is then to exercise love and compassion for the offender and take appropriate measures. That was just an example to illustrate how the ego thing and the importance thing can affect people in larger groups, not just ourselves. Like I said, I'm not a lawyer or a judge or anyone who should be prescribing any kind of societal morals or values. So I'll just stick to what I do know, and that's how I can apply these antidotes to myself. I have a sense that what I should be doing is moving into harmony with the Tao. And there are things of which I'm aware and unaware that keep me from doing that. And those things have been placed in my path by, yep, me. I know this from some of the work that I've done so far. So however the block manifests itself, it can be habits, recurring problems, dissatisfactions, whatever. I need to remove it so I can walk the path. What can I do? Can I attack those things directly and say, I'm not going to overeat today. I'm not going to be severe in the way I treat others today. I'm not going to get angry. No, I can't. I mean, not with any like real results. I can try, but I'm telling myself what I'll be doing and not doing. And there's no way to predict what's going to be happening. Further, have you ever tried to not think of something? I don't know, like a pink elephant? It just doesn't work that way. Like, are you thinking about a pink elephant right now? Okay, now don't think of it. (laughs) Right? It's the same thing. But, okay, what does work? Well, turning my attention to the problem's opposite causes it to fade away. So, not putting too many rules on my thoughts and behaviors, allowing them to be there and doing nothing about them, just observing as best I can, and not wanting it too badly, that is what sends them away. Punishing myself with guilt and shame when I can't obey my unrealistic rules, well, that just makes things worse. So I can stop doing that and sit quietly and welcome myself in all my perfect imperfection. And trying to unravel the reasons for my behavior or thought patterns and justifying them along the way causes mental chaos for myself. So I can leave the justification behind and perform a simple root cause analysis to see if what I'm thinking about even makes sense, gives me relief from overthinking. And being aware and willing to leave desires behind helps me to avoid creating messes in the first place. So we talked about a lot. What is the point? Well, 
Let's look at the whole verse again and see. Lao Tzu advises us to lead with the truth, fight with deception, and rule the world by doing nothing. While this is talking about government, we can apply this to ourselves. The sage in this case can be our consciousness. The world is us. We are the people. We can lead ourselves with love and kindness and stop fighting ourselves. We can practice Wu Wei by allowing the Tao to show us the way forward if we but pay attention to it and stop trying to make rules for ourselves, stop punishing ourselves, stop overthinking things, and stop desiring things. And how do we do that? Well, not with direct action, no. By lessening the importance we place on our compliance with our own rules, with patience and compassion. By practicing awareness of our thoughts and feelings, by accepting things for what they are, both internally and externally, and practicing contentment by leaving desires behind. So, to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering practicing gentility, I thought about three things. One is governing ourselves. Two is tying knots. And three is untying knots. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of practicing gentility in this verse today. I'd like to use an acronym to practice it. The acronym is ASK. A-S-K. ASK. Keeping in the spirit of being gentle with ourselves and therefore others, here's what I think we can do. The A is for acceptance. Lifting those prohibitions on ourselves and others. Observing things without judgment. Of course, this doesn't mean we have to approve of anything. We're just not judging. The S is for simplicity. By eliminating the weapons of guilt we use on ourselves and avoiding overthinking, we allow our lives to unfold in the natural way of things. We grow quiet and rich in spirit. And the K is for kindness. By becoming aware of my selfish desires and then discarding them, I am naturally kind to myself. There's nothing to beat myself up over when I fail to achieve that desire. Remember, that's not saying that we can't have goals. We're talking about desires to feel a certain way that results from our manipulating a certain set of external circumstances. Going on a diet, stopping a habit, getting more love from people, getting approval from others because we want praise, that sort of stuff. So, today... I can ask ASK, the Tao, for assistance with all of this. I can ask the Tao to help me concentrate my attention on the light energy. The light energy that is there all the time anyway. And, after I make my request, I can relax and be grateful, knowing that that which I've requested 
is already on its way. So let's do that one more time. I can ASK to practice gentility. I can practice acceptance. I can practice simplicity. And I can practice kindness. Thank you for considering this verse with me today. As always, I wish you love, humility, and compassion. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 57 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shaolin Yang. When governing a country, you must be fair and just. When fighting a battle, you must use tricks. When taking over the world, you must practice Wu Wei. How do I know everything in this world? This is how. The more restrictions the government sets, the more people become poor. The more people have dangerous weapons, the more the country falls into chaos. The more people become clever, the more bizarre things happen. The more severe the law becomes, the more thieves there are. So the great leaders said, If I practice Wu Wei, the people will govern themselves. If I am always peaceful, the people will be upright by themselves. If I do not initiate things for my own purposes, the people will become rich by themselves. If I do not have desires, the people will become simple and plain by themselves. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.